Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Have a great show today. Devin Poole, Senior Director of Customer Experience Strategy at Dixa, which is a groundbreaking conversational customer service platform. We'll talk about that in just a moment. He is going to be joining us today. It's going to be a great show. He knows all about great service, convenience, frictionless, and all kinds of good, what I would call digital support methods, as well as, well, we're just going to get into all kinds of areas related to customer service and experience. A couple of quick announcements. If you've heard the show, you know what they are. If you've got an amazing story you want to share with us, or you've got a question you want to ask, go to any one of the social media channels. And if it is a question, use the hashtag AskShep. I'll either answer it there on this show in my newsletter or on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home. And that is found on Amazon, Apple TV, Roku, um, C-Suite TV. And you can go to YouTube and get episodes just by going to BeAmazing.tv. That's BeAmazing.tv. All right. Devin Poole is in the house here. Actually, he's in his house. And I'm in my office. Welcome to the show. Yeah, Shep, thanks so much for having me on. A long-time listener, first-time caller. So really excited to be here. <laughs> That's great. If you say play Misty for me, I'm going <laughs> to. So, And if anybody knows what I'm talking about, that means you're obviously very old and you remember a great movie, kind of a thriller. Clint Eastwood was the disc jockey, right? Did I don't know if yeah. you remember the show. And this woman kept calling up play Misty for me. She had an infatuation with him and... Next thing you know, she was like, you know, it was bad news for Clint. Anyway, uh, well, hey, we've got so much to talk about. You're with a company called Dixa. And I know prior to that, you were CEB, who I know quite well, who did a lot of research, training, and actually wrote a great book, The Frictionless Experience. Uh, I know you were involved behind the scenes with the book, but that particular book, what I loved about it was it talked about convenience. Now, it, it focused on convenience in the support world. Like if I had a problem, how do I call and get my issues resolved, my questions answered? But it really, it, it, it was the motivation behind wanting to write a book about convenience in every other area of business as well, related to the experience that customers have. So thank you for that, whether you know it or not. Uh, I guess I'm in debt to you and, and now you know it. So I don't know, take my firstborn child. And with all the expenses too, but seriously, talk to me about Dixa. What, what about Dixa? Tell us a little bit of background there. Yeah. I mean, so you named it really well it is the focus at Dixa is about conversations, right? Enabling two humans to come together to solve a problem, right? And what happens in that stage is ultimately 
companies are able to build longer lasting and more valuable relationships with their customers, right? It's about using the data you have at your disposal. It's about uh, looking at each customer as not just a number or a ticket, but rather as someone who's got needs, who's got wants, and someone who you can have an ongoing dialogue with, right? So focusing on that journey. Now, of course, the customer is only one part of this. Uh, Dix is built from the inside out. And what I mean by that is we focus on the agent first and foremost. How do we enable them to do their job? How do we set the agent up for success, no matter if they're you know, on the phone or chat or SMS, whatever it might be, uh, give them the right inf information, empower them uh, with easy to use software so that they can focus not on the systems and tools, but rather focus on the, the customer in front of them, uh, whether that person be on voice or, or digital, right? It's, I got to pay attention to that person on the other end of the line. And when I do that, well, the customer loves it as well. Yeah. And I think you mentioned something that's really important. We need to make this easy for the people we have working for us. So we can't create a cumbersome, clunky software solution that makes it difficult where you're trying to talk to the customer, but at the same time, clicking on boxes and filling in forms and, and whatever. So I always suggest to my clients when they're getting ready to roll out new software that's going to impact the customer support experience or even customer service in general. If you do something that creates more work for your employees, it's going to be felt on the outside by customers. Yeah, make it easy. You know, we started as a uh, you know human AI augmentation uh, shop trying to add more arms to people so they could use the systems that they have. But of course, that didn't work. So we decided to build better software instead. Mm -hmm. So, well, let's talk about what's going on in the world of customer service and experience. You and I have the same philosophy when it comes to channels. Channels is a very boring word to basically okay. describe multiple ways customers can reach you. They can call you on a landline. They can use mobile for texting. They can email. They're, those are three channels. You can use social media, texting, uh, whether it's AI chatbots or whether it's human to human uh, texting. Uh, there's all these different channels. And you and I have the same philosophy. Customers don't give two hoots about channels. All they care about is I want to talk to the company. I just happen to be in front of my computer or the next time I happen to be um, on my mobile and I'm opening up a website and doing a chat or a text instead of a traditional phone. So let's talk a little bit about channels and your philosophy. Yeah. And I mean, uh, you said a lot of it is customers don't care about channels. Uh, we've long thought that customers are like water. They will go to the easiest route downhill. The only thing they've really, truly ever cared about is fix my problem, right? Make the pain go away and do it in as easy and convenient of a way as possible. You know, there, there was this long thought as companies added channels, they added them often in silos and poof, that created lots and lots of, of headaches when, uh, you know, customers ended up just saying, I'll use whatever is available to me, right? You've opened up the toolbox. You've given me all of these things. Um, now uh, I'll use them all. And uh, in average, customers are using three and a half, four channels in any given journey. And they don't uh, even when, know it. They don't think about oh, it. 
Nope. They don't think about it at all. I mean, again, no company, uh, no customer rather has ever said, man, I really want to chat this company or I really want to call them or SMS or go on their self-service. They've never thought of that, right? Customers have always thought of, I have a problem and I need a solution to that problem. And I'm going to check any and all available avenues to me. And customers often take the scattershot approach, which is I will use all of these things simultaneously. I mean, we've all done it. I have been texting, emailing, and live chatting some organization all at the same time, three customer service agents who had no idea that I was talking to the other ones. And by the way, they've all given me some separate unique discount code. So they've ended up costing their company way more than they Oh my gosh. And, and you know what they, and what I'm going to tell you, what really drives me crazy is when they give me three different answers. If I'm talking yeah. to three different people. Yep, they've and, got three different knowledge bases. Right. And you know what? That that just kills the credibility and the, the confidence that I have in the company. Yeah, it, it is so much more about trust th- these days, right? Uh, com- customers are fickle, uh, right? They're not going to stick around. The cost to switching is so much lower than it's ever been. Uh, you know, you can get out of things like retail banking. That was meant to be the stickiest industry. Yeah, it used to be really, really hard used to be, right? You had to unwind, uh, you know, checkbooks and paper. And now you a couple pushes of a button and you've switched over, right? So customers, uh, you know, don't retain loyalty to a brand unless they really trust that this brand is going to do right by me. If something goes wrong, I expect that the brand is going to take care of me, especially if I've been a long-term customer. Right. Take uh, companies like airlines and uh, hotels who literally give you a status level. They quantitatively value your loyalty to them. But, you know, trust and loyalty to me is it's a two way street. Right. So you've got to give loyalty back to your customers. You've got to say, man, you've been a customer for a long time. Fortunately, you've often got frontline agents who can't see that. They, they've right. got no connection to other systems. They don't know you from anyone else uh, in their queue. And that becomes a huge problem when you have no context to the relationship at all. I want to talk about loyalty. And I want to come back to that in a moment. But before I jump off that, there's a word that I, or a phrase that I have written down here called issue centricity versus uh, what we traditionally think of as customer centricity. I just want you to clarify for everybody what this means, because I was very intrigued with the idea, you know, all these different ways to reach us. It doesn't matter. It's really down to one thing. It's your issue. And when we start to focus on resolving the issue, regardless of any way they get to us, I'm thinking this is what it means. Uh, We come out ahead with our customers. Absolutely right. It's put my problem, my, and not even just the problem, my situation Uh, at the front of what you're doing, right? If you can understand me, understand my situation, um, and you base your uh, service around what someone is facing at the time, then you're going to be in a much better position, right? You're going to be able to see, uh, you know, what have they done with you in the past, right? And you're going to be able to pick up the conversation midstream. So if someone has chatted you three times in the last week, and now they're on the phone with you, If you don't know that, if you don't understand that situation, that issue that they're facing, and you don't think about how can we solve this problem most effectively, then you're always going to be on the back foot. You're always going to be reactive with your customers. Um, Instead, you can utilize the information at your disposal to get on the front foot, to say, 
hey, I know you're in the middle of this situation here. Um, let me do a little bit of research before we start solving this problem. Or I know you've chatted us three times this week. Are, are you calling about the same thing now? Okay, well, let's pick it up from there, right? And when you put the problem at the center, right, you're able to guide and direct the customers mm -hmm. in different ways. If we know, uh, you know, this problem is one that has a very simple solution and you can do it online without having to chat us, you should feel empowered to send that customer back to, to self-service to say, hey, here's the really fastest and easiest way to do that. Because we know you value your time. We we value your time and the convenience associated with um, you know, getting you the answer fastest way possible. And this is the fastest way to do it, mm -hmm. uh, right? You're it's, training them. You're actually yeah. training them on how to behave. You know, years ago, the airlines, and I, I've used this example for years, but the airlines would say, hey, we want you to check in online. To do that, we're going to give you 500 extra bonus points. Trust me, it's a great experience. And when you do it, they go, yeah, it is. But they had to get me to go there. Yep. And, and that's what you're saying. By the way, one other uh, example of this, the other day I had a problem with my computer. And the person was real clear. It looks like we resolved it. I'm not going to close the case unless I don't hear from you in seven days, five working days, seven yeah. days. I go, that's cool. Well, guess what? Three days after that seven days, I still had the problem. Not real. It came back. So I called and the first thing that the rep said, the first words beyond, hi, nice to help you, blah, 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 is okay. Before we go any further, is this something you've called about before? Boom. Okay. As soon as I said, yes, this person said, does it have anything to do with fill in the blank of what my yep. problem was? I said, Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. And now we know what you've tried before. Right. So I'm not suggesting the same right. solution that's already been suggested. Uh, yeah. I mean, even better, uh, something we do is enable, uh, you know, in your flows to get you back to the same person. If you're calling with them. And that would know, be ideal if that's possible. Time, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, now I've got even more context uh, between what's happened before. So we can just pick this conversation up. Now, it's not always going to work out that way. Sometimes you want it to, but mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's actually better to go to someone else. As long as they have the context of that situation, they understand the journey you're on. They don't make you start all over. That's the most frustrating thing. Oh, I know. Is. I know. One call resolution, one transfer at the most. That's the idea. And ideally be proactive and answer questions the customer didn't even know they yeah. were going to have, but will eventually have. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to get back into the loyalty and trusting or the loyalty. Uh, and you mentioned status level with airlines. I want to talk a little bit about that. And then I want to get into another really important topic, which is how uh, customer service actually can contribute to growth of the company. And even though I've read some interesting things here, I may friendly disagree with you on something that I have written down here that uh, you sent over, but come back in just a moment. Every Actually, I'm going to tell everybody, don't go away. Listen to this little commercial. Then we'll be right back. I promise you it's going to be great. We're talking with Devin Poole of Dixa. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert, and I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. 
In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll-be-back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Devin Poole of Dixa. And we were talking and I said, we're going to come back. We're going to do this. We're going to talk about loyalty. And you specifically mentioned airlines and you also mentioned, you know, they even give you status levels. I would love to get your take on what a customer loyalty program looks like or what you see companies doing to drive better loyalty. Yeah. You know, when it comes to loyalty, there's certainly the loyalty programs where based on your usage of my product or my service, uh, we tell you how loyal you are, right? But uh, that's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, I don't, I won't call it fluff cause I love my status. Right. But, uh, the, the idea, right. Is that loyalty is always a three-legged stool, right? Um, that there's customer retention. I continue to do business with your company and then there's share of wallet, right? I spend more than I did over time. All right. I buy additional products or services, or I pay for higher cost items at your shop. Those are the rational components of customer loyalty, right? Those are the two legs of the stool. The third leg is emotive. It's customer advocacy. I say good things about your company to family, friends, coworkers, whoever, right? And that's the trifecta of customer loyalty in the way that we've always defined it, right? If you can hit or influence any of those three, great. Two of them, even better. All three of them, well, that's the ultimate prize. So here's my question for you. And I think that some of the airlines and hotels and restaurants and different businesses do a great job of creating customer loyalty programs. But to me, it's a marketing program, not a loyalty program. They're doing what they can to get me to come back. If the airline took away the points and miles that they give me, would I still want to fly on that airline? Well, that's the big question. Good service. (laughs) Well, it depends. Exactly. Exactly. And there's plenty of people that would say, you know, Hey, um, you know, I, I love XYZ airline. Um, and yeah, if they took the points away, I don't think I'd go anywhere else. Uh, I think it would be then a matter of, well, what's the best schedule and more convenience because then it's like, if everybody's the same, but if somebody can elevate that experience to where it's better than others, regardless of points, and uh, I think that's that's a very powerful place to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree that it's it ultimately comes down to how well you can utilize uh, what you know about that customer. And mm-hmm. you know, if if I'm a frequent flyer, just to to stay on the airlines, and I'm with you all the time, you ought to know uh, much more about my travel habits. And certainly, you ask me for uh, questions in a profile. I never think they're expansive enough, but uh, I'm a geek who likes to lean into those things. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I want you to utilize uh, what I do. You should 
should see, wow, you're often flying early in the morning. So maybe, uh, you know, we ought to send you a, a coupon for, uh, you know, free coffee on the way through the airport. We know that Chicago O'Hare, ORD, the big ordeal is uh, your home uh, airport. So we're going to incentivize you in certain ways or send you flight deals. Like, there's nothing worse to me when I get emails from my airline that says, do you want to fly from Miami to Croatia? And I'm like, well, sure, I'd love to, but I don't live in Miami. How right, right. Like, yeah, that's funny. The it deals with what you know. Right. And use the data you have about me. It's hotels to me always, always get me right when it's you're checking in at 11 p.m. and you've just flown to Cleveland. For some reason, it's always Cleveland, uh, right? And uh, you get there and they're like, oh, we would like to thank you for being a platinum member of our program. You're like, just give me the keys. I want to go to bed, right? And then when I show up on vacation with my kids, that's when I want you to take care of me really well, right? right? Understand why I'm traveling. Same with airlines. Like when you see me on the plane and I've got my two kids with me, they're seven and four, like that's the time to, to make it special. When I'm just flying for business, I don't care. You know, a lot of times I'm getting in late. I'm leaving early. Uh, you know, that, that's fine. I don't need to be impressed at that point. But it's when something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. That's the real test, right? Yep. When something has happened that, uh, you know, I need something from your company. And I've, I've said this actually to my airline. I won't, won't name them, right? At a time when something went wrong, something What's was canceled. Said, Chicago, Illinois. You yeah. got United, you got American, and yeah. maybe Southwest, depending on what side of yeah. Chicago you're And in. Delta, too, uh, actually. Is Delta now a big, big player? Yeah, there? medium hub, uh, you know, here. So, yeah, you can choose any of them. Uh, but you know, I said, look, I-, I fly your airline a lot, right? And this thing has gone wrong, and-, and I show you a lot of loyalty. Now it's your turn to show it to me, right? right. Loyalty is a-, a two-way street. It's what we call it, Dick's a customer friendship, right? Uh, you're never going to be friends with someone who only, um, you know, who's only taking from you, right? You want to be friends with a back and forth, a give and take. And so companies want to look at their customers and they want to be able to say, man, these are the people who are most valuable to us. These are the people who could be more valuable. Let's talk to them and entice them, uh, right? And these are the people who we just don't know yet. Uh, so let's get to know them a little bit better. Yeah. You know, Nike has a great loyalty program. You don't pay for it. You just sign up for it. And basically what they do is they watch your purchasing habits and then they only send you information about your purchasing habits. They don't, uh, they don't send you if I'm, if they know I'll buy kind of running workout shoes, but I won't buy soccer shoes. (laughs) You know, uh, I I remember years ago, Target said, we don't want to send you emails about things you don't want. So would you please, like, here's a list of all the things we can send you. Click the ones that you're interested in. That did two things. Number one, it told Target what I was interested. Number two, it let them know that I was willing to receive messages about these interests, which I think is brilliant. So uh, I I love that they, and, and by the way, I don't call that a loyalty program, but guess what it did? It made me loyal to them. Yeah, it's smart (laughs) business. Made me want to do business with them because they know me. You know me, like me, and prove it. Yeah, that's it. They show you that they know you by sending you things you care about, uh, mm-hmm. by getting you to take that one action, which says, I'm, I'm going to buy into this. Um, and, and if you prove it, that's even better. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, let's jump. We've only got a few minutes. I want to jump to another subject before I give you the final question. Let's just spend two minutes on the whole idea of how customer service contributes 
In your eyes, it contributes to the top line growth. Tell me why, because there's different ways. Too many, it drives me crazy. I should, I should take that. I was, there's different ways. There's different ways to prove the ROI of customer service and experience. But too many of the leadership in the C-suite view customer service as a cost center as opposed to a yeah. revenue center. So what's your take on that? Yeah, and you know that, that's because it's indirect, the, the impact that we have. In other words, you don't want your frontline agents out selling products to your customers, constantly trying to upsell them. That, that just annoys them because, hey, I've got a problem. I need you to help me fix that problem first and foremost. But what if it's the right thing to do? It's it solve the problem and then teach me something. Educate me on a better way to do business with you or some aspect of your product or service, you know, which helps me to gain a, a better appreciation of, wow, I get value out of the things that you provide, first and foremost. Like what I've already spent money on, if I can get value out of that, I'm going to be far more willing uh, you know, to consider other offers, other mm. things down the line, right? And so often, you know, people are purchasing digitally and on their own these days. I don't, uh, you know, need to go into stores. The pandemic really just accelerated uh, a trend that was already happening, which is I'm shopping online. I'm looking for things. Maybe I do pick it up in the store, uh, but I'm definitely doing all that shopping online. So you can get a sense of me. And once I value you, and I know it's reciprocal, I'm going to be far more willing to consider that next product, that next purchase, and I'm going to tell other people about it, uh, right? And so when that happens, right, you're just laying down those right. uh, stepping stones across the river for the customer, knowing, hey, uh, this is going to pay dividends later on. And you measure it in customer churn, right? Are we keeping customers? Uh, do they spend more with us than they did before? So taking a longer horizon view. In fact, one of our clients who I've been working quite a lot with here, that's exactly what they're doing. They found that people who contact their service function, who've had some sort of problem, uh, and they don't try to sell them anything. They don't try to upsell them. They're just solving the problem and teaching them about best ways to use the company. Well, what's happening is those people are actually, uh, like I think it's 1.7x more valuable to the company Isn't that than amazing? anyone else. And we need to get people to recognize that that internal customer support department yeah. that's focusing on doing nothing but answering questions and resolving complaints is part of the relationship building process that yeah. sales needs to drive more sales. Absolutely. It's, it, you highlight this in your ACA report all the time. I'm an avid uh, reader of that oh, thank report you. every time it comes out to say, man, people will walk away from bad service, uh, right? As quickly as like, there's nothing that drives people away faster than bad service and good service. That's the stage gate to get you into that conversation. Mm -hmm. That's your ticket to the game and what you do with it. Once you get there, that's up to the, or the rest of the organization, right? But service makes sure that we don't lose people and educates them so that we can have a broader conversation. Yep. All right, let's wrap it up with the one final nugget of wisdom that you want to share with us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it could be something you've emphasized uh, already, or it could be something brand new. What's that one last nugget? Yeah, it, it, it'll really be going a bit further on something that we touched on at the beginning, which is the agent experience, right? Mm. We've been talking all about the customer and the customer loyalty, but you can't overlook the people who create those experiences. 
Um, they are so crucial uh, in today's world where we used to think of them as transactional employees. Now they are the entryway to our organizations, right? If uh, companies do one thing, it ought to be making an you know, alumni list of people who started in their customer support department and figure out where do those people go? And you ought to be recruiting people in who want to go elsewhere uh, and sending them into customer service first and foremost, and then transitioning them out to the rest of the business because they will gain such a great appreciation of your products, your people, uh, your uh, customers, no matter where they go, they'll never forget that experience. Yep. Yep. Focus on the inside of your organization is going to be felt on the outside by the customers. Great insights from you, sir. Thank you so much. It's Devin Poole with Dixa our amazing guest today. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Shep. Uh, Look forward to talking again soon. I can't wait. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening in on this episode of Amazing Business Radio. We'll have another great interview next week. And until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.